In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to the Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey Johnson. Wherever you are, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. It's so great to have you on the journey with me. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life's lessons, to learn and grow from them, and to take it to the next level and help others who are struggling through dark times. My special guest was born in Hollywood and didn't have to go far to pursue her career as an award-winning on-camera and voiceover actress. Known for her voice work in the Land Before Time series, she's done scores of radio and TV commercials and starred in TV series and films such as Without a Trace, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and The Muppets, and much, much more. You're in for a treat. We're going to learn more about her journey, landmarks and milestones, and what's in store for her on the road ahead. Let's give a warm welcome to Aria Noel Curzon. Aria, welcome to the show. Yay, how are you doing? I'm doing about as well as you can expect. I'm, I'm doing pretty well, and I'm very uh, lucky and blessed right now in, in these times, so. Yeah. How are you? Oh, thank you for asking. I'm doing great. Yeah, I am just so glad to have connected with you so that we can talk and just share a glimpse of, of who you are and, and what your journey is and where you're going with the listeners and, and just some of, those, some of those tremendous nuggets of knowledge, right, and lessons that you've learned in your journey. So uh, I'm just thrilled to have you and I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So let's learn about Aria. Okay, you were born and raised in Southern California, is that right? That is correct. Awesome, awesome. Can you share with the listeners, how did you get started into acting? Oh, well, let's go to the beginning. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I remember being pretty young. I was really into Shirley Temple and, you know, other cute shows uh, like that when I was a kid. And yeah. I just remember kind of thinking, like, People would compare me to her because of my curly hair and I was a little, little you know, blonde kid. And uh, it was kind of suggested that maybe my parents should try to get me into commercials. And my parents are both performers in their own right. They're musicians for the most right. part. Mm -hmm. um, but my mom kind of took the bull by the horns and started looking around for agencies, like in the phone book, like it was way back then, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. And she was able to get, you know, when I was four or five, she was able to get a, a, a couple of meetings with some agents. And I got representation uh, pretty quickly. I was very lucky and uh, started auditioning and uh, very quickly got a fair amount of work in commercials and then transitioned, not entirely, but started in the voiceover world because it was, I, I could read and I had a fairly unique voice for a child and I was pretty articulate. So um, it just kind of went from there. And uh, did I answer the question? <laughs> no, you did for sure. In fact, I think you even answered the next question, which is, which was how did you cross over into voice acting, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anything more you have to add to that as far as making that crossover in the voice acting? I mean, you were still doing on camera stuff, I'm sure but yeah. this was an added skill set. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. It was, yeah. um, 
my back then agents kind of had different departments for every part of the industry modeling you know commercials right. film voiceover right. so my agents who were just sending me out for other things uh you know things started coming up in voiceover that they thought of me for and they're like maybe we should get her in you know and talk to my mom about it and we just sort of went for it and my very one of my very first roles I auditioned for and booked was the uh, iconic role, I'm very proud of this one, the kind of role of Pebbles Flintstone for a Hanna-Barbera series called Cave Kids. Yeah. And I got to do like six, six or eight episodes, I forget how many now, when I was six years old. So it was really quite a big splash into the animation world because I wow. got to go to Hanna-Barbera Studios, which, you know, has a iconic yeah. history with Flintstones and Jetsons and all of their... <laughs> hundreds of shows probably and yeah. I got to meet uh Bill Hanna and Joe Barbera and nice. uh it was a very very cool experience and just from there it kind of blossomed naturally I would just you know get sent out quite a lot and um I think I had a pretty I don't remember because I was a kid I don't really remember like how much audition versus booked but I I think I was working pretty consistently um and then I got, when I was eight years old, that's when the role of uh, Ducky came around from, from The Land Before Time. And my agent, they had already had a bunch of auditions, and I wasn't even going to go in for it, but we found out that it was happening through another friend who auditioned. And my agent kind of put her neck out there for me and got me an audition. She was like, this is the girl, like, she's the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know why she believed in me so much when I was like eight years old, but she was really great. Um, and I still know her to this day. Her name is uh, LJ. And um, yeah, I went in and I got the role and uh, it's been <laughs> 20 years of doing that voice. So it's been a, it was a good Amazing. one. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, tremendous. Uh, what an experience. I mean, an exciting experience. I, I personally, I'm a, I'm a huge Hanna-Barbera fan. I grew up watching the Flintstones, grew up watching the Jetsons and, sure. and I guess Yogi and all those guys. And, and to be able to go to the studios and, 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 and meet the creators, right? The ones oh, whose yeah. names is out there, you know, for, for the branding of, of, that, uh, of, of that animation, you know, that's tremendous. I wow. actually have something that might, you might re relate to this. I can show it to you sure. real quick. Okay, okay, yeah, please do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe these are on my walls, but this is an a original animation cell that they just gave to me back then from, from wow. the show. Wow. Wow. I got so, I loved these things. I got so obsessed with animation cells as a kid because of that. Yeah, and then yeah. these are, these are, this is how old I was. This is pictures of me with, um, with Bill Hanna and Joe Barbera. That's how old it was. No way. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Look at that. Joe, uh, Joe Barbera had the coolest office. It was full of toys. I mean, you could tell it was a, an animator mogul's office. <laughs> oh, for sure. I bet. I bet. Man, that is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, those are like Pebbles and Bam Bam. I mean, iconic, iconic characters, right? In an iconic uh, uh, show that really changed things way yeah. back when, you know, it first started. So to be a part of that is something to be very proud of. I, I appreciate you sharing that. So when it comes to um, <clears throat> the journey that you've had thus far, well, let's not say thus far, but let's say in the early days, right? Um, I'm assuming based on 
your career early in life that uh, that uh, a traditional childhood um, it, it, to say that you've had a traditional childhood would really uh, be kind of modest. Uh, you, you've had more than a uh, something outside of a traditional childhood. Is that accurate? Yeah, you know, I I suppose that could be said. I it's kind of taken growing up and looking back on it because as a yeah. kid it all felt pretty normal to me. Right. Um, and my parents, I think, did a good job at keeping me grounded and like focused on what matters in life more mm -hmm. than just fame and success. Right. Um, so it always, to me, it always felt like a fun after school activity or, a, you know, sports or any, any thing any other kid would do. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there was definitely that dynamic of uh, having been on TV and, and that difference that that, that creates uh, for you with your peers, maybe who haven't been on TV. Um, right. But I was always in and out of like regular school. So I got a, I got a good feel for that. Um, I was also homeschooled on and off. So that gotcha. was kind of outside of the normal experience, you know? Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, overall, I feel like I was protected pretty mm -hmm. well from the negative, more negative sides of Hollywood. And um, I think I came out of it okay <laughs> in the end. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. That's great. And, I, and it's beautiful. I love hearing that because... Uh, I don't know. I, I've heard um, some stories, uh, just documentaries. I don't know how true they are, but um, uh, people who start in entertainment in Hollywood at a young age and as they get older, you know, go a certain path. And that path may be uh, a little deviated from the original plan, you know, and, uh, and, and, and because there are pockets of that I would believe in Hollywood as it would be in anything else, you know, um, it can be a slippery slope, you know, uh, it can be easy to, to, to go in that direction, especially when you start feeling, um, I don't know, the fruits of fame and fortune and that sort of thing. So it was really awesome to hear that your parents kept you grounded. Um, you have a great sense of humility about you you know, and, and just grateful for the opportunities that you've had and continue to have. Um, so yeah, coming out on the other side, squeaky clean and shiny. Uh, that's, that, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. So how about routines? Um, when it came to like your schedule and routines, uh, was, uh, I would imagine your parents would have kept you on a pretty steady routine that, 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 that wasn't, too outside of what a normal child would go through, right? Like when it comes to brushing your teeth, going to bed, uh, you know, and um, having supper, playing with friends and that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like even when I was homeschooled, I never mm -hmm. starved for interaction with people or, you know, we had a good family life and we did often do dinners together and uh, I don't remember how strict my bedtime was because I was raised an only child. So, you know, <laughs> right. there's that wiggle room you try to fight <laughs> yeah, yeah. for sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, for the most part, I, I was lucky enough as a kid to be able to explore a lot of interests. I was always doing an art class or a dance class or horseback riding or ice nice. skating, you know, something. Nice. And so maybe that was a little bit outside of a routine. Um, but there were times, you know, where it was like the same, I'd have to do those things every week on whatever right. day that was. So it'd right. be some sort of long-term routine. Um, 
And I will say like prior to, uh, as an addendum or an additional thing to your prior question, um, sure. just because I was lucky enough to come out fairly unscathed, I, I definitely, whatever documentaries you've seen probably have a lot of truth to them because I've certainly seen uh, plenty of colleagues and peers go all kinds of different ways. So, you know. I understand, I understand. Yeah. Well, well, I appreciate you sharing that as well, you know, and uh, um, that's, that's something um, that, I don't know, it kind of reaffirms what I've watched, I don't know. <laughs> all right, so. Uh, I'd love to talk about, um, I'd love to talk about, let's say the voiceover piece, okay? Um, you know, I, I kind of have, I, I dabble in voiceover just a little bit. Um, uh, the prior uh, area that I came from, which is Cincinnati, Ohio, I, uh, I, I have a representation, in fact, I still do, and uh, for voiceover projects that, you know, with clients that, that I've worked with over the years. Um, and I've done on camera stuff too, right? So uh, again, from the Midwest, very low visibility, <laughs> nothing national. I've done some regional stuff, but anyhow, um, it's a passion of mine that I've had since 2001, right? And so I've done a lot of reading up on voiceover before taking the plunge to actually uh, uh, get into the networking with, you know, with people and creative uh, directors and all that sort of thing. So um, one of the things that I've learned when it came to voiceover is that, let's say, rewind back to the 70s or the 80s, um, from what I've understood, back at, in, in those years, in those times, uh, voiceover was kind of considered an afterthought type of gig, right? So uh, it, almost secondary to on-screen acting when it came to commercials, TV shows, films, and that sort of thing. But then as you fast forward 10, 15, 20, 25 years, uh, with the advancement of technology, uh, with the advancement of just uh, animated movies, and now it's not just, you know, Disney that's uh, the king of the hill, so to speak, but then Pixar comes in and then a bunch of others, right? Um, uh, now you have big names, big names, A-listers, right, uh, that are being asked and, and willingly, you know, participating uh, their voice in movies. I mean, think of Tom Hanks and Toy Story, right? Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy and Shrek and that sort of thing. So with the big name animated films you've voiced, you know, like um, with Pebbles and with uh, Land Before Time, does what I just explained represent some of the things that you may have had to contend with when it came to auditioning and getting parts? Absolutely. I've definitely seen that evolution myself. Um, mm -hmm. Being pretty aware of what the industry was like in the early 90s when I started. Um, you're right, the voiceover world was completely separate. The voiceover stars were voiceover stars, and then the movie stars were movie stars. And, mm -hmm. and uh, there was what seemed like a lot more work because it was like this tier, like the top tier voiceover people were doing the biggest roles and everybody else, you know, taking in what was left. And now when the celebrities come in and take the big ones, then it's like the top guys are now kind of doing the second, you know, supporting roles. And then, um, so I've, I've definitely seen that dynamic at play, but on, on the same token or in the same token, as you said, there's, def there's a lot more being produced now. There's a lot 
opportunities and content uh, that needs that needs talent. So, yeah. um, as a friend of mine, uh, Rob Paulson, I think said, "What <laughs> um, <laughs> a higher tide raises all boats, or something like that." <laughs> Just oh, there you go. You know, yeah. there's more opportunity, and everybody everybody can find it. And, you know. Oh, for sure. There's a lot of work for everyone, right? <laughs> Yeah, especially now with the different types of modalities of voiceover, you know, I mean, there's audio books now and uh, podcasting, as we know, and um, the uh, voice recordings for companies and, and that sort of thing. So uh, there's tons to be had out there for those uh, wanting to dabble in the voiceover world for sure. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that with us, Aria. Uh, much appreciated. So um, you've won awards. Okay, and you've landed big parts on TV and in movies, all big achievements, you know, where uh, one can say, quote, the scent is sweet. So are there any poignant times in your career where you feel you kind of fell short, but really took to heart in learning from that experience? Is there anything like that you can share? Wow, that's an interesting question. You mean within the context of a job or a role? Well, yeah, in, 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 in any context, basically, um, maybe there is a part that you receive, but you, in your heart of hearts, may not have felt that you've played out that role to your fullest potential, you know, or, or maybe it's something you were really hoping to get that you didn't, you know, in any capacity in your career, uh, is there, is there any, any event like that that happened? Um, I can see that it being true and in multiple ways, actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of artists, I think, are somewhat perfectionists, and I could listen to just about any role or watch anything I've done and be like, oh, man, why did I do that? I should have done that. <laughs> you know? yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe it's the editor's choice, or maybe it was just me. <laughs> um, yeah. But on a, on a fine, like with a fine-tooth comb, you could go through just about anything in life and, and maybe wish you would have done it a little differently. Um, yeah. But as far as like a specific example, um, hmm. I mean, there were a couple roles I really wish I would have gotten, uh, mm -hmm. even small ones, like a, a small part in the Titanic. That would have been right. fun to go down and film with all those people. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, there, and oh, there, there was... What? Okay, go ahead. No, there was this other one. I mean, there have been times that we've... I think every actor has this. You, you blow an audition. You just know it in your soul. Like just, you weren't prepared or you're thinking of something else or, mm -hmm. and it's something you really were excited about. Somehow the stars just don't align. Um, some actors who are good actors are not good auditioners. So that yeah. can be its own challenge, you know? Um, yeah. But one of the, one of the uh, roles that I really wanted was actually not a voiceover role. It was something I'd never done before. And, um, mm -hmm. Are you familiar with Princess and the Frog, Disney? Uh, yeah, uh, slightly, but but yeah, okay. I'm familiar with it. Well, I that's one of my favorite Disney movies. I I I just love it, and <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to audition for the live action um, part of the role Charlotte, where I would be acting out the the scene for the animators to animate, like you oh, know. Really? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. wanted that job so bad, but I didn't get it. But <laughs> it's such a like that's not really a, a genre or part of the industry that I think many people are aware of. That there's actors who 
we'll do the scenes so that the animators can make it more realistic, you know. Did they do, well, no, I guess. I was wondering if they did The Lion King like that because that's my favorite Disney film. And, you know, uh, <laughs> like, like when it comes to, okay, I'm going to go slightly off topic, but you'll see why I'll get back to it. <laughs> like when it comes to, say, video games, right? Um, from, from a technology standpoint, I understand that, you know, uh, a lot of these, uh, like, uh, electronic art sports you know they will have uh an athlete say in a certain suit with uh lights on their body you know on the suit um making movements so that they can capture those move movements digitally right uh to, to to have in uh on the game so i'm thinking it's something similar to that for the physical movements to capture in the animation on disney's uh part is that right yeah that's like a is it CGI or is it, there's a word for it. I, sh I should know it. Motion capture. I, can, I, I, th I think it may be motion capture for sure. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I think it's strictly associated with like digital animation. But yeah. as far as I know, the Princess and the Frog was actually still hand-drawn. Mm. Don't quote me on that. But okay, the way okay. it looks to me, it looks hand-drawn. So gotcha. um, I think it was still more of the old-fashioned. Like if you look up Alice in Wonderland, um, right. There are side-by-side -side, uh, examples of the actors yeah. um, who, who did the voice acting out the scenes, like the Mad Hatter, and he's doing all the stuff, and they put it right next to the animation, and it's the same. And <laughs> I think it's gone back a while. This, you know, this thing even before the the digital motion capture stuff. Oh, nice. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And um, you know, I know. You auditioned for that. You really wanted it and didn't get it. But um, one thing I've learned, at least in my, again, brief exposure to, um, to, to being a talent is, um, and, I, and I know and I, I believe every actor kind of goes by this uh, mantra, um, we try to give it our best and give it our all on the auditions, <clears throat> excuse me, um, although some of us may not be good auditioners, I consider myself not that good of an auditioner, um, but uh, the the old adage is, you know, when you're auditioning for a part, you're not really auditioning for that part per se, not only that part, but you're also auditioning for future parts and future roles of future productions down the line uh, because, you know, the producer or whoever makes the decision may say, hmm, they're not quite who I had in mind for this, but they would be spot on for that, you know? Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, has, 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 has that been a common mindset for yourself or for your peers, other actors? Oh yeah, I've heard that directly from many casting directors and from people that I've worked with. I, the casting directors absolutely keep people in mind because it helps make their job easier too. Like instead of having to go through a thousand people, oh, wow, I remember that guy with the deep voice. We Now we need that. And, you know, right. he wasn't right for the little insect character, but now he's right <laughs> for the giant or whatever. Um, and and I know people who uh, have auditioned for things and years later they get a call because someone remembered them. So mm -hmm. it's always good to be positively memorable and, uh, <laughs> you know, be unique. Yeah. 
too, because uniqueness helps you stand out. You know, if you're yeah. not like everybody, then you know they have many mm. other options. <laughs> yeah, no, so true, hundred percent. So, what have you learned so far about yourself throughout this journey? Oh wow, that's a good question. It's a little. I mean, it could go through. That could take hours to answer, but <laughs> um, I think I've learned a lot about growing up from that place being having a lot of success as a kid right. doesn't necessarily set you up for being an adult and the challenges and things that will arise and the mm -hmm. self-determination that it's going to take to transition through that period. Right. Um, also being a kid actor, I would say, and just being a friendly life loving kid in general, like I was pretty much a people pleaser and mm -hmm. I've had to learn over many, many years have to you know, have some better boundaries and say no if I if I need to say no and sure. um, that's just a, a constant journey but I also learned that that this whole acting thing is is pretty much in my soul to some degree because even when I take breaks or don't think about it for a while it, there's always something there that comes alive when I get the opportunity to be creative like that very nice very nice so what is the best advice you have received in, in your career? Oh, best advice. I would say um, just to treat everybody well, like treat the second AD assistant person just as well as you would the executive producers. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of a negative way of putting it, but someone said, you know, people you meet on the way up are going to be the same ones that you see on the way down. <laughs> They've said that. Yeah, 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 for sure. I've heard that too. So I, no matter what happens, no matter how hard you try in life, you're going to get what's meant for you and you're, and some things are not going to be meant for you. So right. uh, changing your nature as a person or, or disregarding others or some as, during the process is, is not going to pay off in the long run, you know? No, for sure. It's not. No, it's not. So some may acknowledge success, okay, the term success uh, as reaching a target or a goal or a significant milestone in their lives, right? Um, I personally believe in my heart of hearts that success is more about the direction that you're headed and not so much a destination. That's just my own personal feel for the word itself and what it means at its truest essence, right? So how does, how does Aria define success? It's a really great question. Um, I, was I was seeing something recently that was talking about how you see the before picture and the after picture, and it's right. never before and after. It's before and during, because once you get to that after, you have to keep living and you have to keep growing. And so in my and you have to maintain it too, you know, That's right. especially That's something right. like a physical goal or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so success to me is definitely a mindset that every day you're going to use what you have to uh, do what you can. I mean, on whatever level that means for you. And it's not, not letting uh, the, seeing the bigger picture. Because sometimes when you're trudging through like every day and you're not seeing any big growth or you're not seeing any 
big accomplishments, it can feel like, well, why am I even doing this? But if you look back over five years, you know, you'll be able to see how far you've come. And just to remember that you can get just, just as far again in another five years and that there's always something to work towards, you know, continue growing. That's, that's success to me. That's right. Continuous improvement, continuous growth, hundred percent. Sweet. So what's next for Aria? What's down the road for Aria? Well, um, that's something I'm kind of discovering every day, really. Uh, I am engaged. Um, my fiance is a violinist. and uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. He's really incredible. His name is Alex DePew, if anybody wants to look him up. Um, he's highly trained. I'm, I'm just telling you because yeah, <laughs> we, do, uh, we also perform together. So part of what I've done my whole life is music as well, uh -huh. singing, dancing. Um, so when... I've been singing with him sometimes uh, when he has a gig, which hasn't happened in several months now because of uh, the world at this moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we we are working on things together. I'm still putting my hat in the ring for voiceover. I have a home studio, so hopefully you'll be seeing or hearing me in uh, some future projects. But um, nothing's announced at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, hey, I mean, that's another beauty of uh, voiceover, right? Um, in the world we live in today with the pandemic and everything. I mean, you know, there's still an opportunity to, uh, to land gigs, right? I mean, uh, you can always remote in, having a home studio, uh, not necessarily physically or physically in the same room as someone, you know, you can, you can, you can do the gig practicing social distancing, I guess, is what I'm saying. It's <laughs> been like that since the start. I mean, it's the perfect yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, no, it totally is, you know, and I agree with you because I still have uh, several clients that I've established relationships with from doing gigs back in Cincinnati uh, mm -hmm. five years ago before I moved, you know, and I still have connections with them and every now and again when they, you know, want some refreshed work you know they they reach out to me and 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 you know we have that equity we have that history together so that's a that's a good thing to have you know it, it truly is yeah working relationship they know that you can they can trust you and you'll deliver sure. a quality product so absolutely yes right on right on so aria i really 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 want my listeners to uh know how can they connect with you or follow you or learn more about you, uh, keep up to date in the different projects you're working on? How, how can the listeners learn more about you? Well, okay. Uh, let me I'll figure out where to start. I am on Facebook, of course. I have a fan page, okay. which is, uh, I think it's facebook.com slash Aria Noel Curzon fans. It's kind of long, but maybe you can link it or something. Um, mm -hmm. I'm on Instagram as, uh, Aria Noel Curzon official, I believe. <laughs> I always got to put all my names in there. It's a lot to, right, to remember. Right. Um, right. And uh, you can keep up. I'm trying to think how else. I mean, I'm on Twitter, but I don't really tweet all that often. So right. you can keep up with me right here on the road to rediscovery. <laughs> <laughs> how about that? That is awesome. And yes, you know, the Instagram and the Facebook links we will definitely put those in the show notes so okay. that our listeners can directly click from those uh, links in the show notes. 
to get um, to your social medias. I remembered one thing. Um, okay. I was going to be doing my very first convention this fall in September in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I was going to be the Harrisburg Pop and Comic Con. And it's been canceled for obvious yeah. reasons. Right. But I just want to say that I would love to do conventions. And apparently the way people get uh, called for those is when people start requesting them. So yes. if anybody's out there and you know of a convention coming up and you want to, you know, meet me, <laughs> make sure to write to that person. Let them know. <laughs> okay. No, for sure. I mean, I, I will definitely pass that along. And the listeners, you've heard it right now, live or live slash recorded, <laughs> uh, keep your eyes peeled for any conventions that are out there. And I'm more than happy to let you know of any that I, I know of as well, Aria. Uh, all right. Oh, man, this has been a great conversation. I mean, I have been thrilled to learn so much about you and your journey, the things that you've learned on your journey. Um, thank you for sharing it with the listeners, Aria. And uh, now we're going to go to a segment I like to call Three for the Road. In Three for the Road, that's where I, uh, I kind of challenge my uh, guests by asking three uh, random yet thought-provoking questions that I challenge you to answer in five words or less. So what do you think? You think you might be up for it? I will give it my all. I'll do my best. <laughs> All right, that old college try. That's that's awesome. Oh, I have okay. a question. Do Absolutely. contractions count as one word or two? <laughs> uh, I will let them count as one. How about that? Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, fantastic. And by the way, you know, sometimes uh, guests will answer the questions in such a deep, uh, uh, profound way that you know they get on a roll and it's way past five words and I just let them go because they're on a roll. Right. So, yeah. so if you get past five, it's no big deal. Um, also my uh, three for the road questions are very customized. So I don't ask the same questions to all my guests. So yours are uh, pretty much uh, customized for you. All right. So question number one for three for the road. When you're taking a 15 minute break on a long filming project what is your go-to food and why tacos nice it every time every time like street tacos yeah very good oh man they're delicious too yeah <laughs> love mexican food all right <laughs> fill in the blank Unlike screen acting, voice acting allows me to wear pajamas. <laughs> I love that. And it's so spot on and so appropriate to <laughs> the way we're living with what's going on today, right? Exactly. I mean, on my day job, I'm working remotely from home. I have been since March. And, uh, and, and I, I like to call it tv anchor gear right where yeah. <laughs> from 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 the waist up i have on you know shirt tie jacket and then <laughs> from the waist down it's like pajamas pajama <laughs> pants shorts whatever yeah. yeah yeah i love that i love that response great job number three for three for the road you get to spend one year on the moon now the only thing is the moon is stuck 
in the year 2003. You get to take three films with you. And that's all you're able to watch up there for the entire year. What are those films? Man, I feel like this is one of those times where I'll look back and be like, should I have chosen? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I'm just going to go with my first instincts here, okay? Okay. Um, this is also, I'm in 2003, so I'm that age, right? That's right. Or am I going back in time? Okay. Yep. Then I'm going to say uh, Lord of the Rings, whichever okay. one came out before 2003, because I'm sure there gotcha. was at least one. Right, right. Um, Legally Blonde, because I don't know how many times I've seen that movie. It's silly, but it just it's kind of a feel-good, fun film. So. Right, right. It is. And let me think back a little bit. Um, I have to go with The Princess Bride, because mm. that was one that was introduced to me as a young kid and it was kind of one of those family favorites and it's a cultural favorite. So I think sure. it'd be comforting in the times of being so far removed from the world. Oh yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, another classic too, you know, yeah. so uh, three great movies, three great films. Uh, I just realized I, time. I explained with many more words. So I have to go back and say, Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Legally Blonde. <laughs> Uh, Princess Bride. There you Princess go. Princess Bride. Okay, we can do that. Not a not a problem. Oh, that's fantastic, fantastic. So there you did it, Aria. You've made it through three for the road. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> oh, Aria, I have really, really enjoyed our chat. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, it's much, much appreciated. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Oh, glad you had fun. Likewise, I had fun too. And we're going to make sure and have Aria's contact information and links to her social mediums and her fan page on the episode show notes. So make sure when you visit roadsrediscovery.com or any other place where you listen to your shows, even YouTube, click those links to learn more and to follow and to just keep up to date on what's going on in Aria's life uh, with all her projects. Uh, so thank you so much. I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. It's been a pleasure having all of you tune in. And please remember, The Road to Rediscovery is available in both audio and video. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your shows. And also on YouTube. About a month ago, we launched content on YouTube and we are continuing to grow on there. So please check for the Roads Rediscovery on your YouTube channel. All right. Thanks, everyone. You know, we're all roadies on this journey of life. And you know what? It sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks so much for listening. We'll chat again soon.